Crawling out of the swamps of South Florida and into my bedroom. Back to where we came from. The chimp jumps into the womb. This is Captain Brunch. And this is your placenta buddy, chimp. I don't even know what that means, chimp. That's a very odd thing for you to say, but I'm glad you just put it out there. You I've know? learned long ago that I don't think about what I say. I just <laughs> say it. And half the time it comes out okay. Okay, that explains a lot of things about your life. Yeah, I admit it. It's cool. So it's it's been a little while, Chimp. It's been a little while. And, you know, so we were supposed to do a show a few weeks ago. And, you know, my job's been real tough lately. And the summer has come on pretty hard. So, you know, I was, like, I, for some reason I was trying to resist it. But at the same time, like, you know, throughout the Saturday, this was, I think, two weeks ago. And I was just... And I was eating a lot. And so sometime in the late afternoon, I just got really tired. And I'm like, okay, let me just take a little nap. And then when I woke up, it was, I think it was 10 p.m. And so the show <laughs> would have been over, like, you know, already, like about that time. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, Liron, our guest was supposed to, to come to my place to do the show. And so then I, I contact him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went to your house. <laughs> And, and yeah, yeah, your mom, your mom, your mom answered the door. She said you were asleep. She uh, she asked me if uh, if if uh, she if he wanted her to, to wake me up, and and he said no. Which you know, God bless you, Liron. I, I appreciate someone who who respects the sanctity of sleep. The hero from the shadows, Liron. But then we ended up, you know, not recording that episode. So. Uh, Liron has, is kind enough to have agreed to do another episode someday in the near future. That feels like so long ago. I literally forgot that happened. And then, the, <laughs> you know, that's because so many things happened. And then the next week you canceled. Well, I had canceled ahead of time. That was a pre-cancellation. I know you did cancel. I was I mean, like putting uh, PTO on your calendars. Like they know it was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. You adjust for it. Uh, okay. I, I wasn't talking about that. I was just talking about the fact that you did in fact cancel the next week. Uh, and so we didn't have a show that week. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, so now we're having a show again and it feels, you know, it feels good. It feels. So we do have a guest with us today, but first we do have to, I feel like we both have many updates. Oh God, so, so many updates. I have at least three and you probably have at least three. Well, can I start with my day? But we'll go back and forth. So go. Yeah. So today... I, uh, my friend's house got broken into and two of his three dogs escaped. So like I was napping. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I was just thinking about him yesterday. Oh yeah? Because I was uh, talking about Chewy. Oh right, Chewy. And it's so funny. Like I haven't thought about him in forever and then I just thinking about him and... So yeah, so, uh, you know, like I was taking a nap, I guess when, it, when they were trying to hit me up, him and his, him and his fiance. And when I finally got out of the nap and I start actually like being conscious, I'm like, oh crap. Like they're telling me that their house got broken into. Dude, that sucks. They sent me, like, she sent me two pictures. Like his fiance sent me two pictures to put on next door because she didn't have an account. And in my nap, I just saw these pictures of these cute dogs and I just respond, aww. <laughs> and then later I realized, like, what a horrible thing that was to respond. But anyways, I was like, oh, anyways, I was napping, but then I got, you know, so. I, I went and like did some searching. Uh, so one of the dogs unfortunately got hit by a car. The dog is okay. Um, the person who hit the dog took the dog to the ho- to a veterinary hospital, and there was like a leg injury. 
Um, they had to like rip out one of her nails because it was like damaged or something. She seemed okay. And then they were going to do something called the deburment, which is like where they tear off dead flesh or, or damaged flesh, I guess. I don't know. So that wasn't my job. I called my friend. I'm like, okay, come and take care Damn. of your dog. And then I just drove around the neighborhood for a little while. Uh, no luck. I had talked to a bunch of people and asked them if they saw the dog. They had not. So uh, that's that's my first update. How about you, Jim? Well, first of all, I definitely want to pour one for our little friend there. Yeah, to Paul. Thinking about you. And then, oh, there's one more dog. Orion is still is still lost. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Wow, you came with the uh, with the sound effects today. I had to. That's so <laughs> sad, though. Man, I hate that. Uh, all right, so my story. I quit drinking. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. All right. When? Uh, Sunday morning. <laughs> so a week? Like a week tomorrow? Yes, yeah. Well, again, congratulations, Chimp. I think that's a, it's a big step. I mean, mostly because you liked to drink and you liked to drink well. So, you know, like I like to drink too and I like to drink well, but I do it very rarely. And whenever I do it, it's always a bad idea. But I have fun. But, you know, so but what's up with that? Oh, there's only so much I could say, but I just okay. made a huge, Uh-oh. huge fool of myself. Like, Whoa. really bad. Like, like, blah, 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 blah. Dark Chimp came out. <laughs> <laughs> Timestamp. Uh, really, really bad. I was like, I don't even remember. But apparently I was trying to fight everybody. I was starting shit. Whoa. Um, I'm, I have internal bruising. I have like, I'm like in pain. I've been in pain for a week. So Whoa. whatever, life goes on. Thankfully, I have very good friends who forgive me and will not see me, will not judge me by that evening. So I well, definitely appreciate that. But they won't generalize you from that. But for me, like, it's hard to forgive myself for that because like. It's kind of a wake up call, right? Well, I mean, it's not even. I've never, I've never seen that side of you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's more so just like a loss of control. And I definitely am someone who likes to be in control. So I would never want something like that to ever happen again. So the solution is, no, just don't drink. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Um, it's the kind of thing that if, if, if you see that you've behaved in a way that like you just, like it's unconscionable to you when you're no longer drunk and you're like, what? Like I did what? And I did. It's the kind of thing that you like you, if you could do that, like what else could you do? Like what else could happen? Like what, 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 what would have happened if it wasn't your friends? And if it was like just people on the street, you know, this. <laughs> yeah. So good times. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned that you're, you're, you know, you're in pain. Well, so I too am in pain. Uh-oh. I've got some uh, war stories to tell. So last so not Friday yesterday, but the Friday before that, I went to this house. This is so funny because they sent they sent us to this this house on this island, like off of 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. And this neighborhood has got to be like one of the nicest neighborhoods I've ever been in. It's like Bell Harbor level, if you've ever been to Bell Harbor. And so we we have to go past two guard gates. The first guard gate is like a public guard gate, so they just take a picture of your license plate and let you in. And then, the, but the second guard gate, you know, you have to like talk to a security guard. Why are you here? They ask for your license. They like write it down, and then they let you into this next, you know, 
next neighborhood. Mansions, nice mansions. There's like this one house that has like a bunch of stupid pop art that looks like it's way too expensive. We literally went to the shittiest, most run-down, broken, neglected house in this whole neighborhood. And we went to the most horrible boat that's behind it. <laughs> and and this house is right on the New River, like right on the New River. So every single boat that passed on this river, and this is a very heavily trafficked river, every every boat caused the boat I was working on to rock side to side. Uh oh! I see where this is going <laughs> and this, now. And, and this is a this is a long story, but I'm gonna try to keep it short. Um, so that day on Friday, by like 12:30, I was done. I I couldn't be on the boat anymore. I told my coworker I gotta sit. I gotta you know like I just gotta not be on the boat. So he finished up, and then we left not too long after that. Um, and I was feeling weird all weekend. You know, like the earth was shaking all weekend. And then Monday comes, we got to go back to the boat. Luckily, for whatever reason, we had to spend very little time on the boat. So it didn't affect me very much. But I knew that on Tuesday, we were going back earlier and we were going to stay for longer. So I took this, this medicine called Dramamine, which is a motion sickness medication over the counter. If you take enough of that, you trip. I've tried. Oh, gosh. It's not pleasant. <laughs> it is not pleasant. Oh, gosh. But anyway, <laughs> continuing... <laughs> Well, so so I took one in the morning, um, about half an hour before we went to the boat. I took one like just after I finished eating lunch. And then we were only on the boat until like maybe 2.33 p.m. or something like that, starting at 8.30 or 9 in the morning. So I go home, you know, I leave work that day and I don't think anything of it until 6 p.m. when I'm taking a shower and suddenly the whole universe starts to shake and like, I mean, rock vertical right there man oh yeah um well the dramamine obviously wore off and my body was obviously heavily affected by spending several hours on this boat so i didn't go to work on wednesday because i like anytime i would walk around you know if i would get up it would like you know i'd have to like orient myself just going to the bathroom orient myself the only thing i could do comfortably was sit in front of my computer and watch TV shows and movies. So like I said, if I was still, it would be fine. So that's all well and good. I go to work on Thursday. You know, I'm feeling whatever. But I, I then on Friday, I'm not on that boat anymore. But on Friday, and we've had historic heat in South Florida the last week. Don't got to tell me that. So they send me to a boat that's like, the boat... It, it doesn't have they don't have the AC on. It's not covered. It's super, super hot. Like so the boat is just sitting there baking. And I had to work on this boat. And so I was already feeling weird because of the, the motion sickness. And then I start to get heat sickness. So I had a headache all Friday. And I'm coming toward the end of the story. This is like the the, the end of the, the the beginning of the third act. So so like, I had, where's the intermission? Right, <laughs> I need a drink. Horrible, horrible headache and stomach ache and everything and like, ugh, the whole day was horrible. I wake up feeling okay, okay. I'm not gonna say I wake up feeling better, but I'm okay. And this morning, I had the rehearsal for the the next scene of the film shoot for oh, the Bitcoin Executor, no. and we're doing something with uh, jujitsu. I'm I'm go- I went to a jujitsu studio to do some basic jujitsu training for my what? scene. 
yeah, I'm doing my own action scene. <laughs> so, you know, everything's like, and I'm gung ho. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. You know, I go to this the studio in Key Biscayne, and it's like a world famous instructor. He's like one of the most, you know, like the fourth ranked in the world or something. And I'm I'm doing this training. We're going through different moves about like the potential different moves that we're gonna do in this scene. And I start to like get like like oh no, this is not going well. And I'm like, okay, let me take a moment. So I take a moment, I rest a little bit, and then, and then we keep going a little, and then I'm like, and I gotta stop again. And then I'm trying to explain to them, and then one of the producers of the movie is there, and I'm trying to explain to him, like, you know, this is just like a bad week for me. I had a really intense week. All the things that I just told you about have happened. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry if you need to, you know, just take your time, relax, relax. And then I'm like, yeah. I was able to make it to the bathroom before the vomit started. But it was just like, I, I did eat not long before I went to this rehearsal. So I had like a full stomach and then it wasn't full anymore. Oh, I felt great after that. The day's been okay, other than the dog thing. So, what's what's your next update, Jim? Oh, just a quick comment on that. At least I'm proud that in my drunken stupor and thereafter, I did not throw up. <laughs> Sometimes you want to throw up. But I'm a famous hangover vomiter. Like, oh god, no, me too. Yeah, for sure. But I was somehow kept it down. I think I mentioned this the last time. I joined a band. No, because oh no. You would have mentioned it if we didn't cancel that, if I hadn't canceled that episode. So I joined a band, which is pretty cool. Uh, they're called Tiger Sunset, and it's a buddy from work, and I get along with him really well, and they're like, hey, we, we need a bassist. Can you play bass? Yeah, sure, I'll play bass. And yeah, so it's not music I really listen to all that much, to be honest. But it's good to make music. But from the, exactly, and from that first hangout, I met with him, he plays drums, and I met with the other guitarist. I kind of learned the songs real quick, and then we actually had practice last Wednesday, and it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. It was, it was good to play in sync with people. Yeah, that was where the real pleasure came from, and and the songs are catchy to be honest, but it just felt great. So I'm pretty excited for that, and it's just gonna push me to play more music. You, you almost canceled. Was it next week's episode or was it today? It was because there was going to be a show, but then the show got canceled. Right. Okay, that, that, thanks for the, the confirmation. I recently appeared on a podcast called Sometimes Crypto. Uh, and let me see, did, what was the episode? They asked me to go because of, you know, like Bitcoin brunch and how I do all that stuff. And so people know me. And so this is episode 46 of Sometimes Crypto, and it's called The Host of Bitcoin Brunch. That's what the episode's called. So uh, I talk a lot about, you know, why Bitcoin, not crypto. Um, I spend a lot of time talking about IP and like railing against IP and why I don't think IP is good. Uh, we had like a nice little... Intellectual property? Yeah, intellectual yeah. property. Because for people who don't know, I'm against it. I think it's violence. IP is violence. IP is violence. <laughs> Which is funny because like I'm doing I, a movie. Well, silence is violence. <laughs> yeah, lots of things are violence this day and age. Um, and so, you know, check that out if you want to like, you know, hear me uh, talk more, I guess, more in depth about just kind of like theoretical economic ethical concepts. Um, recently on Stacker News, someone whose username is Depot Logic 
They asked, and this is what I wanted to ask you about this chimp. They said, hi, I'm trying to find a way to post my mixed DJ sets via podcasts in the form of value for value. Any tips on free hosting solutions? Well, I immediately Music said project? free. Like what? What? Musicsideproject.com. Musicsideproject.com. Okay. I, I haven't checked that out, but that's what they keep mentioning on podcasting 2.0. Project.com. Okay, I will I will I will send that to him. Um, so to continue on the more uh, now we're getting to the Bitcoin kind of stuff for podcasting 2.0. Recently we had two the two-year anniversary of the Boostagram that was last Friday. Yeah. So the Boostagram, for people who don't know, is an invention of Adam Curry and uh, Dave Jones. I don't know who specifically came up with that term, and it's just the idea that when you send messages to a podcast, uh, especially when you do it live and when the show is live. So like us, Saturday Night Lit, we are, oh, it is July 15th. It's it's Saturday, July 15th. I forgot to say it at the open of the show. It's so annoying. It's okay. Like you said, you're rusty. Yes, I am rusty. So, uh, so our show is live. If you're listening on a a value for value enabled modern podcast app which you could find at podcastapps.com that's podcastapps.com um fountain will do it podverse will do it curiocaster did i miss or is curiocaster a host i always mix that up no they're uh, they're yeah it's 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 an app curiocaster will do it so those three i think will allow you to do the live and the value for value Podcast Addict does not have value for value for some reason, and that annoys me so much because I use it. They said it's coming. Oh, they did? Yeah. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. No, it so, does have value for value. It does not lit. It has to be... Um, it does not have value for value. What are you talking Bowen? about? Fountain? No, Podcast Addict. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry. I don't, uh, All right. So anyway, so if you're not listening on one of those apps and you have not checked out Podcasting 2.0, why don't you do us... Not a favor, but why don't you like help us? I don't know how to like, yeah. Do us a favor. Express, yeah. Your express appreciation, your, your joy and love for, for Saturday these night moments and the time that you spend with us by, you know, hooking up on one of those apps and then sending us a boostagram with a message. You could say whatever you want in your boostagram, and you know, now and then we will read it. I do want to read what Jay said in the chat. Um, I would tell him to boost it, but he's having issues with Podverse. It's not. It's not appearing live. I checked my phone either as well. Well, that's very disappointing. He did say. That, oh, by the way, Jay, per, BTC, personal trainer. I liked your appearance on the other podcasts. Proudly stated that you're a Bitcoin maxi, but welcome everyone to brunch as long as they don't shill a token. Good stuff. Well, yeah, that is my general modus operandi at Bitcoin Brunch. Is it's uh, We have an open door policy. Speaking of open doors, let's go ahead and bring our guest in. He has been waiting very, very patiently. <laughs> uh-huh, let me get up and open the door here. Uh-oh. Efficient funds, it says. Uh-oh. <laughs> Our guest was trying to boost us. So welcome uh, welcome to the show, Randy. We got oh, we got to fix his mic. His mic is totally Oh, no, dropped. your shitty fucking mic stands. Uh-oh, you just cursed twice in one sentence. It's okay. I stopped drinking so I can curse. <laughs> he stopped drinking, so it's okay for him to it's curse. Gonna be excuse did you unmute everything. him also? Yes, I did. Okay, so you could talk. Hey. <laughs> that Hello. sounds Speak good, up, too. Everyone. Use your inner voice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's my inner voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's his inside voice. So, Randy, welcome to Saturday Night Lit. I know you from the Broward County Bitcoiners meetup, but also as one of the founding members. Not, were you a founding member? Did you get in early enough? I don't remember. 
Yeah, I got Bitcoin a hat. Bitcoin Grove. Yeah, so. he did get a hat. So one of the founding members of Bitcoin Grove, uh, you've come to Bitcoin Brunch. You've become a staple, I think, of the local Bitcoin community. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and so uh, what's up, Randy? How's life? How's things? Things are going all right. I actually just came from the Bard County Bitcoiners meetup, and I'm happy to be here. Seems like you guys have a fun podcast, and I was like, I definitely want to take part in it. So, Yeah, well, you know, um, one thing I've been trying to do, taking advantage of the fact that like, we're here in South Florida, and there is, I think, an, a significant density of Bitcoiners. It, it, we might not be as popular for having Bitcoiners as, let's say, like an Austin or a Nashville, if, 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 you know, but, but we do have a lot of Bitcoiners and we had the Bitcoin conference here for the last three years. So as part of this podcast, I've definitely been trying to take advantage of being near so many Bitcoiners. I mean, this is not a Bitcoin podcast, but it's just like, why not take advantage of this great opportunity to talk to interesting people who I think are part of the cutting edge of economics in I mean, just say it. All my friends are Bitcoiners. <laughs> uh, do I have friends? Um, yeah, all my Close friends enough. are Bitcoiners, more Close or less. Enough. I mean, because I make them all Bitcoiners. I don't know. Like, didn't we, Chimp, like, did I make you a Bitcoiner or did we become Bitcoiners? I mean, I was a Bitcoiner, like. I would say, yeah, hanging out, hanging out around you. And also uh, my cousin, I would say. No. Oh, yeah? I, I think he exposed me more, but he's not really a Bitcoiner. So I, I can't give him the credit. How did you become a Bitcoiner, Randy? Um, uh, it's funny because I have a story about how I first learned about Bitcoin and then when I actually became a Bitcoiner. Yes, yes. And I, I, I've noticed that too. I mean, that's pretty typical for people. Like there will be the, someone told me about it or I heard about it on the news, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. My cousin, he used to mine cryptocurrencies back in, I think it's 2014, and him and I used to gamble on <laughs> one of those <laughs> you know crypto sites. Uh, but I didn't really understand why someone would make Bitcoin, and my cousin kept saying, "Hey, you know, read the white paper. There are actually some pretty good reasons." And he actually didn't understand all the reasons himself. So because he wasn't able to explain it to me well enough, and because I didn't care enough to read the white paper, it just kind of you know uh, passed me by, and then. Funny enough, in 2020, when the pandemic happened, uh, what was being held, you know, kind of during that time is Fort Lauderdale BitDevs. And my friend, oh, yeah. yeah, he used to live in the building right next to where the BitDevs was held. So he invited me and he was like, hey, there's free pizza. And I was like, free oh, food. Oh man, they had great pizza <laughs> there too. Yeah, so I was like, oh, of course I'll go. So I go and I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of in there and I'm actually a skeptic. You know, I'm like, Bitcoin, why? You know, it doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, energy waster, you know? <laughs> uh, just like the typical, you know, uneducated Bitcoiner. Uh, I mean, soon to be Bitcoiner. I think no that's coiner, everyone. No coiner pre-coiner? Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone should be a pre-coiner, right? Um, and I just started talking to the people there, and they kind of explained everything to me. And someone recommended, um, eventually at some point when I was going to these meetings, the Bitcoin Standard. And after I read that, I was like, you know, everything clicks for oh, me. Okay, so he's um, one of those uh, Saifedean converts. Yeah, I just thought it, you know, it makes sense. Like, okay, this is a, a reason, right, for it to exist. And I think this is a powerful reason for it to exist and something I can get behind. So I'd say that's my story. From 2020 onwards, it was really just like the research period, right, where 
I was trying to learn everything that I can about this. I was reading things from the source code. I was trying to catch up on all the history that I've missed, you know, from 2014 <laughs> up to that point. And uh, it was good. You know, I'm, I'm glad that I got into the Bitcoin space, of course. And I can't really see myself working anywhere outside of it right now. Um, and I, I just, it's a complete turnaround from when I first was introduced to it. Think about that. Like, could I work in the Bitcoin space? Because I don't and I haven't. But most people expect me to work in the Bitcoin space because I host Bitcoin Brunch. Um, so you are a developer and you mentioned, you know, you were going through the code of the Bitcoin. I wanted to bring up the Bolt.fun AI for all. And I happen to know that you are entering into that uh, into this hackathon. So would you mind maybe mentioning like what's up with that? Yeah, so because Chimp doesn't know about it at all, uh, it's a hackathon to bring AI together with Bitcoin, and they have certain tracks that you could uh, follow. And one is about education: how can you mix AI and Bitcoin for something educational? Another why would one, you want to? Uh, why not? <laughs> but well, I but think yeah. it's a response. So they're calling it AI for all as a response to the idea of the AI currently being these private products that companies are are like going to try to sell to the public. And I think the idea is to try to take this, the, whatever it might be useful about these technology and to, democ so to speak, democratize them or to like open source them or make them. Repeat it. Exactly. So keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think AI has a lot of potential for a lot of different things. And one of them is education. Uh, I have learned a lot of things from talking to GPT-4. And of course, I have to fact check everything it says just to make sure it's not hallucinating. But it explained topics pretty well. And I could ask it to explain it different ways. I could bother it for like an hour straight. <laughs> and I have done that in the past. And it has eventually, you know, things click for me when I ask it to explain, you know, things to me related to, the, let's say, the markets, uh, just concepts. And... But we're not doing the education track. We're actually doing <laughs> something else. Um, what are what are you doing? So our project uh, is to build payment infrastructure in for Lightning um, in front of something called Prem AI, which is a, a <laughs> Prem project. AI. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a project uh, that allows you to self-host AI models, and it also comes with the ability to. Um, make your AI models on your computer accessible via API. You can sell access to your models. So someone else could theoretically pay Lightning. Correct. But, so yeah, the payment infrastructure isn't there, and that's what we wanted to do for the hackathon. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to uh, communicate, you know, we wanted users to communicate with the people who host these AI models with Prem AI um, to use Noster, you know, so we could build another... Uh, <laughs> oh wow! So you guys yeah, are pulling in not just AI and Bitcoin, but also Noster, which is great. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're all about freedom technologies. I think everyone in our team for the hackathon. So, um, <coughs> yeah. Uh, uh, did, you, did you have a question? No, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, 
Sorry. <laughs> I had to cough, and so Chimp was like doing a, a whole like production thing at the same time as we're trying to have this conversation. I just found it. I found it pointless. <laughs> so but anyway, oh, and that's I, a valid opinion too. On um, no, I mean, the, the, um, I I think it's pretty cool in, in in the sense that you could self-host it and then just like access it yourself from anywhere or have someone else access it. So, so I, I definitely appreciate that part. Yeah, have you tried something like GPT three or GPT four? No, not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't really. It's like hard to explain to someone the value of using you know chatbot unless they've like I don't know tried it at, at least a little bit you know. Um, and if you go on Twitter, maybe you can see all the use cases people find for it. I mean, it seems like a very specialized um, search function, which is cool. You know, I, I, just, th- I think I, I think it is. Like I think it is at, at least the kind of the chat AIs are going to be most useful as some sort of specialized search function. You know, like so you're getting it to aggregate large amounts of data and then to find from those large amounts of data maybe little bits that are relevant to the kind of query that you're making. I think that's that that's going to be very very useful for some people. It's going to be extremely like it's going to increase of, their productivity. A lot of organizations for sure. I can definitely see that. <laughs> There's going to be downsides too, right? Because as you as Randy mentioned, like they have hallucinations. So it's when the AI is, it, it it seems to manifest things that are not true. Yeah, but I mean at the same time, like in general, when you're getting information from people, you you ha- there's a level of trust involved there. So. Yeah, so my concern is that, you know, we'll, they're probably going to get these AIs efficient enough to be useful, like, in commercial settings and in different, like, in different, in all different kinds of circumstances. And then we're going to start to rely on these things, and then it's going to make maybe a wrong decision every once in a while, just like a human, right? Like, if you sneezed at the wrong time and you were running a crane, <laughs> you know, like, you, you could theoretically cause an accident during that sneeze and uh, it's the same thing with the ai like if you if you gave the ai control over things that were important to people like you know the water systems you know like the sewage systems like air pollution whatever you know like it, it could make mistakes and then maybe hurt people uh, i think that's with all systems oh yeah right? uh, every software program out there can have a bug uh, and they could be used in a variety of different situations that are critical, you know, uh, in for human safety, let's say, for a use case. And sometimes you do have these things that happen, whether you use AI or whether you don't. And interesting that you said, you know, you see it as a search. Uh, there's a, a open courseware uh, AI course that's, you know, from MIT. And the professor uh, of that course... I remember there's a quote from him where he was pretty much saying, yeah, AI is search. <laughs> you know, you're, you're searching a range of possibilities, you know, for your program to be able to output, whether it's a, you know, um, a string of sensible words to respond, you know, uh, to you um, as the user with. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> and it's always resonated with me that AI is search. And that's okay, right? Like, um, I don't think it's always going to, like, I think there's many other applications um yeah i mean search in this context i feel like i'm using very so abstractly we're talking about the right. cha- we're talking like about the chat we search ones, as well but obviously you know? there's like mid journey or yeah. dolly and all of those um like the ones that create images or the ones that create moving images 
But that's still searching through a database to try and like amalgamate something. Uh, and, but it's not quite a database. I mean, the way that I say that, you know, AI search, I could also say that like we are search, you know, like <laughs> we are searching uh, a problem space <laughs> for, you know, something that we think makes sense. But there's like creativity. That's something that, that I think makes humans interesting is that we, we hallucinate, but then some of our hallucinations are useful. Whereas like when someone, like when a human being starts telling you things that don't make any sense, usually you would call them crazy or you'd say something's wrong with their brain or something. But when the AI does it, it's just like, oh, it's just not, you know, we just haven't perfected it yet. Nice. I started off this podcast saying that I don't know what I'm saying half the time. It just comes out. Sometimes <laughs> it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. I'm hallucinating. There was something, something about that I wanted to ask you because it's like a debate having to do with these things and i can't remember what the debate was ai what's controversial about ai alignment oh what's alignment yeah i didn't expect that answer uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so there's a big group of researchers and just like regular people who are scared of uh developments in ai growing too fast oh yeah and us reaching a a level of intelligence that us as humans cannot comprehend. And that is scary because uh, this yeah, super intelligence will yeah. make decisions that are not in our best interest. This is the slow post <laughs> dilemma. It's like they're, they're worried that someone else is going to make a better AI than they can. And so they're, like, that was like that letter to slow down. Right, but that's to everyone, right? That's not, uh, it's not even about like our enemies. They just think that well, having super intelligence is scary. You have to, you have to say it like that. I mean, you can't say like, we don't want, our enemies to get super intelligent uh -huh. AIs. You have to say that we don't want anyone right. to get it. But you know, it actually, but secretly, we obviously want. <laughs> no, to get but it. the people who call for this. So one of the f famous, you know, people who call for a halt in AI development. I always get his name wrong, so like I, I feel bad even trying <laughs> to say it. But I think it's Eliza Yudkowsky or something like that. Uh -huh. I could be butchering it. Uh, <laughs> and he's like he actually seems scared about you know uh, AI developments reaching a point where we can't go back and we've created something smarter than us that wants us gone. Of course, there's a lot of logical leaps that need to get made yeah. <laughs> to think there's that. a lot of yeah. logical Like First of all, there's all kinds of like infrastructure that has to be created to allow these softwares to take control over devices. Right. Yeah, I'm sure like, there's plenty of kill switches, you know. Yeah, but when you think about hypotheticals, people can go crazy. He's like, well, you know, yeah, as long I as you're interacting, crazy. like you're the only interface it needs. How about if it tricks you into doing behaviors for it? And oh, for it, sure. Know? I mean, I've already said, I mean, and that's it, possible. It's, it's not it's even that fiction, it tricks though. you. Like, I'm much more worried that, that and, oh, I remember what the, what the controversy was. It was whether or not uh, closed AI could compete with open AI uh -huh. in the long run. And then... Uh, there was someone at Google who, like, there was a, an internal memo that was leaked, essentially an employee saying that the open source stuff was eating their lunch and that there was no way for them or open AI to actually make money because why would people pay them when other people can run their own software? Or they could use these open source solutions. That was, I wanted to ask you about that, um, but this whole thing about the, the AIs and the AIs getting crazy and trying to kill us. I'm much more worried about, let's say, like the, the, the corporations, like if these private AIs continue to exist, like the corporations or even the government trying to use them to just manipulate us. 
Yeah. And sure, the AI can manipulate us too, but that's what all, I mean, humans already manipulate each other. So they don't even just, need the AI really to do that for them. Uh, these chatbots are very good conversationalists. And there are a lot of people who have been giving chatbots very personal information. You know? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I only imagine uh, the kind of things that yeah. people put into this thing. I saw a tweet, and there was some girl. Uh, she said she broke up with her boyfriend and she was feeding it a whole bunch of texts from her, like her boyfriend who she didn't, she, she couldn't find closure uh, in the, her breakup with. And she, she asked GPT to imitate, you know, her boyfriend oh and imitate God. a breakup so that she could find closure. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, in some ways I'm like, oh, that's, you know, a cool use case. But in other ways, you're giving it a lot of information. You're giving it, you know, text messages from your boyfriend. You might be like revealing personal dates that you went about, you know, um, with your boyfriend. And people do that shit all the time. Well, the NSA but the information. Stuff <laughs> the NSA has all that stuff. I, so I, it's just I, a I don't believe of... that. And I think when you start thinking that way, then you start leaking more information, you know? Um, cause you're oh, like, no, not me. They already know. Yeah, they already know everything. I fall deeper. I've got yeah. no one to leak information to. This is the thing, right? Like, yeah. she had a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, I've got no, I got no one's text messages to feed uh-huh. this AI. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. So I kind of feel like open AI would eventually, I guess, prevail because closed AI would die in some sort of, like, IP litigation hell. See, this is a funny because the company is called OpenAI, but, uh, open. but, but it's not open. No, but yeah. I, I, and they were open. It's funny because they were a nonprofit organization and then they just went private like a couple months ago. I'm referring to like any open source AI, just yeah. like, yeah, because um, in the end, I mean, you know. Well, so I've used Bard, uh, Google's Bard, Barf AI, and um, it, it's quite interesting. I've found some of its answers to be very useful and helpful. I've, you know, I've been able to like, I've been able to get it to give me information from documents that are behind paywalls. So that's kind of interesting also because it has access to like everything in a way. So I'll just ask it like, do you have access to this document? And I'll be like, yeah, I've got access to that document. Okay. Why don't you reproduce the text for me? Okay, here you go. You know, and and so, like an obedient dog wanting to please. Yeah, so there's. But from my understanding, though, these these um, language learning models are so like processor intensive, right? That they have they they even inv- created a new kind of um, what's it? It's like t- it's, uh, it was, was I mean, there's a lot of uh, things that are like hardware invented. though. They, it, Google invented a, a new TPUs. Kind of hardware. You yeah, might those. be thinking of what's a TPU? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean exactly what you said. You know, things that are specialized for training. Yeah, algorithms. Uh, I, I was looking up. There's a couple other companies that are in the running. Okay. Um, one runs a site called Pi.ai. Pi. Oh, someone AI. mentioned that recently. Yeah, and it's uh, it was made by Inflection AI. I, I always forget their company name, and they got over a billion dollars in funding to show you Whoa. how crazy you know the space is right now. A tremendous amount of money. It is, and Anthropic <laughs> is another one, um, a big company, and they I think have the chatbot with the largest context window. Meaning it'll you know remember the most about your conversation when you give it information. Uh, they recently released Claude Two, which is open to the public. You could go and upload files and ask a question about the files. I still think ChatGPT is the best, or GPT Four at least is the best yeah. out of all of them. I've used um, like the free one. Yeah, that one's also very good. Actually, Pi.ai is very good in a different way. If you want to talk to a chatbot in 
kind of treat it like a human. <laughs> I don't. Pi.ai is great for that. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> is there anything, there's options that you could select from. And it's like, uh, one of them is like, oh, you want to talk about something on your mind or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's for like stress relief. It's going to put all these cam girls out of business. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> not for a while. I mean, no, it, once what, they have the, like the image generation with the, you know, then yeah. They do. You can have like, you know, a fake woman and make OnlyFans with her, you know? Uh, so, or uh, right now for uh, it's like John's LinkedIn. I need to do this business. <laughs> it's gonna be so much money. Yeah, me and my old roommate used to think about this all the time. Right? Oh like if we God. get ahead of the curve, maybe we could you know make an OnlyFans account with like an AI model. Uh, of course, people it would be bad if people knew it was an AI model because they Why? want like the realism. Hide the nah, people hide people, the people care. <laughs> but you don't need to sell it to those people. You see, because uh, the problem, that's that's the mass of people. You put yourself between a, <laughs> you put you put yourself between a rock and a hard place when you're trying to 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 trick people if instead people know it's it's simulated but it's just what they want though because people are freaks but it's not <laughs> so, <laughs> people are freaks uh, most uh, top earners on only fans you know this is you know what i've read on the, the on the interwebs what he's heard this is that, what he's yeah. heard from someone <laughs> who knows. i mean yeah because there's not really a way like that i would know as a creator the top runner but uh they say the top creators on only fans when uh, I don't know all the specifics of how the platform works, but there's, I guess there's a messaging component where you get to message a model on OnlyFans. And I heard that they have a team of people who typically message like the fans for them. Oh yeah, um, of course. So now you can use chatbots to, you don't even have to outsource. Oh, so you haven't heard about this one. So there was, there's a woman like influencers. who's already, there's a woman who's already, um, like sh you have to pay her by the minute but you, you call into this service and it's an AI that is her voice and it's like her person. So it's been trained on her personality and it's kind of like um, phone a girlfriend. Like, so she will be your AI girlfriend for, and it was some ridiculous amount of money, like $6 a minute or something like that. Can I pay in lightning? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but that's, um, it's happening With and it's going to ha happen quickly. Like people, People are desperate for uh, for a feeling of connection, and the the interesting thing is that our brains are somehow not smart enough to like you like we can trick our brains into thinking that we're connected to something that's not even like a it's, person. It's just like how you would call in, you know, like in the nineties to like to talk to your favorite like artist or whatever, and you would be paying three ninety five or minute or whatever. The Simpsons made fun of it when, when Lisa was calling Cody and she would be on the phone all day talking to Cody, even though, you know, it's not really him or some pre-recorded message. It's the same shit. Yeah, but exactly. now it's more advanced. Yeah, now yeah. now it's in high definition. They could actually fix, you know, certain people. How about if... But it's the same day, human emotion that's driving it. Yeah, yeah. but now I think it's interesting because I could be like, you know, let's say someone says, hey, I want to talk to Captain Brunch for four hours straight. Uh, they could invite them on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could make an AI model of, you know, Captain Brunch and they could even like customize it to make them, you know, quote unquote better. You know, they're like, actually, <laughs> I would want Captain Brunch to talk about sex more. <laughs> and then bam, you have an AI model that's customized for the individual. Uh, yeah, so I, I certainly think, um, so me working on boats, I would love to have, uh, let's say an AI assistant that was trained on, you know, all of marine engineering and knew like everything about boats. That would be great, right? So that while I'm working, if I had a question, if I wanted to understand something that I didn't quite understand, I can turn to it and be like, hey, like, tell me about this thing. 
you can imagine that any kind of skilled profession that would be a very very useful tool to have an AI assistant. So you know whether it's like a physician or an artist or any developer, right? So there's definitely going to be a lot of use cases in so many different, whether it's for business or whether it's for pleasure. I don't want to, you know, uh, I know you have topics. I don't want to derail too, <laughs> no, too much. No, no, no. But, uh, we'll keep it going. <laughs> me and my friend, we also like theorize about like what the future is going to look like as robotics gets more advanced. Yeah. And uh, if attractive individuals can start selling themselves as like skins, you know, like, oh, you know, how about if uh, someone wants a uh, Captain Brunch skin on their Android to cuddle up with at night? And, See, uh, and that's not even really like <laughs> you said attractive. <laughs> <laughs> wow. OK. Thank you, chimp. Thank you. Um. I do think about like transhumanism. That's for sure. Did you ever see the movie Existence? No. You should definitely watch this movie because they cover like it's 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 just sort of a a part of the aesthetic of the movie, but there are biological machines in the movie. So, you know, they're like they genetically engineer things to, you know, be machines. And so that's I think something that we haven't even really started to to touch upon as a as like as a species. It's like biological technology. I mean in the pharmaceutical industry they have like androids. But but biologic, yeah, I guess like androids, but but in a in a way that the people who thought of androids didn't think of, you know, like. Sure, I always think of, of Ghost in the Shell. It's like a human body, but oh no, just human brain and everything else is just. I don't know. Could yeah, why not? Whereas I'm thinking of like flesh, you know, like but you just you're designing the flesh to perform specific tasks, and oh, okay. you're designing the organ. So like right now they have they've designed cells, essentially bacterial cells that are able to produce like certain medications. You know, so like they they just give it you know an input, and then it starts to produce like these. Minutes. So I think we're gonna it's gonna keep advancing, and then there's gonna be all kinds of like stuff. All right, we're gonna have interesting lifetimes, that's for sure. So one of the topics on my list, what? But if we pause gain of function research, we'll be we'll, we'll oh be my able God. to do. I'm that. not even going down that <laughs> rabbit hole. So um, rest in peace, Twitter. So this was supposed to be a while ago, but Twitter recently instituted rate limiting. So for people who did not pay them, you could there was like a, a maximum amount of posts that you could actually load from their servers. And so for people who um, know my habits, I used to use TweetDeck. And I even talked about how they were like implementing a new TweetDeck. And I knew that soon it was coming that I was going to have to stop using TweetDeck because they were going to break it. Well, they broke it and it wasn't even the way I thought it was going to break. I thought it was going to break by them forcing this new tweet deck on me that wouldn't let me have a chronological uh, feed. But instead, the way they broke it was by rate limiting. I mean, I have five feeds on my tweet deck. That thing consumes 600 posts in about a minute. So it just totally broke my Twitter experience. So I've, I've, my Twitter usage has gone down probably like 95%. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Damn, <laughs> this is a great. It's a very great show. I yeah. stopped drinking. <laughs> stopped tweeting. <laughs> I still tweet. Next? It's yeah. just five percent of the time. Oh, um, I, I'm using Stacker News more, which is kind of. I've been able to maintain my cowboy hat for two days. For anyone who knows what that means, I see you actually like commenting. I went to a thread today. I think maybe yesterday. 
And I was like, oh, you know, that's that's Captain Brunch right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be more active, you know. Um, and, I, you know, it, it's fun. There is a show called Stacker News Live. And uh, I'm kind of inspired by that show. They do it once a week and they cover the top five posts on their website. I don't know why I mentioned that, but. Yeah, Chimp, have you gone on Stacker News before? I've seen it, but I I rarely do any social media or websites or anything like that. Oh, okay. It's more like a Reddit than a social media. Not social media to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's social media. <laughs> um, related to this Twitter thing is the fact that apparently Elon Musk and uh, Mark Zuckerberg are going to have a spar in the near future. They're going to like fight each other. Okay. Some sort of you know like martial arts tournament. Are they trying to like build up like a pay per view event or something? Yes. <laughs> As long as he can pay in sats. Yes, I don't think so. So that, but you know, I just thought that. Would... Who do you think's gonna win? Well, everyone Elon pretty Musk much is... thinks that Zuck is gonna win because he's like been training for Elon's years, huge. apparently. But Elon's <laughs> fat. Yeah. So he, if this he could learn how, if he could learn how to like move his fat, then maybe. I don't know. Well, also, technique is everything. If, yeah, if Mark is, is better at, but that's uh, yeah, the thing is, Mark has been training win. for like years. Not to fight Elon, but he's just, you know, I guess he doesn't Elon want to die Elon has enough young. money to, you know, train someone so that we he doesn't We can build him better. Bad. We have the tech. <laughs> Apple was recently in the Bitcoin news space because, uh, if I understand correctly, they removed Damas from the App Store because of Zaps. So Apple considers Zaps, which are sending lightning payments in Noster, they consider that to be a digital asset payment. And Apple doesn't let you do digital asset payments unless you give them a cut. Yeah. So unless uh, the Domus developer was going to give Apple a cut, you know, so that, whatever. So that was interesting. And I, any thoughts? Any? any? No, I mean, it just goes to show they don't really care. I guess about the um, the theoretical, or not even theoretical, but like the, the the idea of of crypto or anything like that. It's just more so. We want our cut. Yeah, they were talking about it on the podcasting 2.0 podcast yesterday, actually. And and so Adam has this theory. He doesn't think that Apple is going after podcasts because since Apple has their whole iTunes podcast section, that it would be anti-competitive for them to restrict like sending payments to podcasts, which again, it's been over two years now that people have been sending payments with Bitcoin to podcasts. And these apps have been available in, you know, all kinds of Play Store, Apple, whatever store. So it, but the reason why he thinks that they're going after the zaps is because they don't have any like business model in, in, um, in social media or in social networks. So like, why are they going to allow this kind of like ecosystem to develop on like within their within their own ecosystem if they're not getting a cut uh, you know it kind of makes sense to me um i i just to me like as the bitcoin thing or the the open source thing to do would be to like say f you apple but apparently they don't want Domus to be a web app so you can't say f you because you have you know you they really want to be in the app store yeah i think they should make a web app <laughs> you know make a progressive web app and Call it a day. You know, you could keep fighting Apple, but there are people who want to use Domus today, you know, on their iPhone. And you could hold out on a battle, but I feel like that's, you know, still try and go forward with your mission of building, you know, this product 
uh, and don't let you know Apple get you hung up on this <laughs> distraction. Essentially, right? We still need infrastructure built out around Noster, and uh, I think that should stay the you know the most important mission. Yeah, so the first effort that they did was they removed the zaps from the events themselves and then they moved it to the profile. So like you weren't zapping someone's event, you were zapping their profile and they were hoping that Apple would accept that, but Apple was like, nah. Panda says, quote, Apple products are for pores, end quote. That's a, such a mean thing to say. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are wealthier than me who have Apple products, but I'm, I'm a pretty poor, so I don't know. Although I have a lot of tools. I think earlier you were looking, Chimp, for my uh, my white paper on the wall. Were you? Yes, I was. And I don't have it. It's somewhere in my apartment, but what I have on the uh, wall instead is that, look, white it's the paper. Bitcoin Apex. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 look, I finally got my Bitcoin Apex uh, print framed, and it's got like this really nice black, like extravagant frame around it. It looks sick. Crazy. Very happy with it. Um, it needs like a nice big light on it so you can see all the detail. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be someday cool. this is not the permanent home. This is again. My room is. Oh, I, this was before the show, right? Like my room is in a <laughs> is in a, a state of permanent. Uh, yeah, we're back to our roots. <laughs> so I wanted to ask. I have a question. Uh oh. This is a, like an ethical query. Uh oh. And so you guys tell me what you think. I never said I was a good person. I never said that either. What are the ethics? <laughs> I'm not a good person. I'm not talking okay, about I know you. I'm not good yeah. What are the ethics? I thought I'll call <laughs> you're at a red light, and let's say it's the middle of the night. Maybe it's not the middle of the night, but you're at a red light, and there's no one around. And like the, for some reason, the light just won't change. Just it will not change. That's the question. Like, do First. you just go? Yeah. <laughs> do you just go? It depends. How big is the intersection? Say there's no there's no cameras. <laughs> yeah, how, how big is the intersection? I think though, I yeah. may have got a ticket today. Ah, We're gonna find out. That's why. <laughs> no, it's not. This was on, this is on my list from like weeks ago. I just remember they can't take you uh, in in Florida, South Florida. I think it's the whole state of Florida with just the picture. Yeah, it has to, there has to be like a cop on site who's well. So, but then you have to go to court. Well, no, right now I don't think they. Oh can no, they can't with send the, you. They can't yeah, there was some you. law that was passed that with the cameras, they just take a picture of your car. They can't, you know, get send you a ticket and ask you to go to court for it. Well, that's that's some cop, you know. So to me, like it's a traffic light, and if there's no traffic, then what's the point? Yeah, just I bypass agree. it. <laughs> but there could be, you know, some speeding car that you don't see in i don't know mclaren okay but there's not like in my example there is not uh-huh so you don't have to worry about my in my hypothetical example there's no cars like there's no cop there's no there's no person walking their dog who's gonna see you do it like it's it's just it's a it's a you know it's an empty plane and you're at a stoplight and there's no one for miles <laughs> If the intersection is small enough, I'll do it. I've no, done it it's before. a huge intersection, Randy. It's uh-huh. like 10 <laughs> lanes, but you can clearly see that there's no one coming from the left. That there's no, it's flat. I mean, it's it's flat. There's no trees. There's no signs blocking your view. If I don't you can, perceive danger to myself, <laughs> then I will go. Okay, okay. All right. So if he perceives the, the possibility second, of danger. The yeah. second Randy hits the gas, the world blows up. 
Yeah, other landmines, you know, in front of me on the road. <laughs> Cluster bombs. Yeah. All right. So I wanted that's to, what they were. I wanted to bring up a couple of uh, international news topics, some world news. That's how we're nearing the end of the show. Yeah. Um, you guys have any thoughts? Did you hear anything about this uh, Wagner Group um, mutiny? Wagner. The mutiny, as, they, as some people called it. Uh, any any thoughts? So, like, apparently, you know, this private military contractor who was fighting for the Russian army had a problem with the administrators of the military. So they decided to go on a march to Moscow to basically tell those guys to fuck off or something. And then, but before they got there, supposedly they came to some kind of an agreement. And so they didn't have this talk with the administrators of the Russian military. And then, nothing, likely and then as far as I can tell, nothing has changed. So I don't know. What do you guys think? This is just they, like, they were trying to sell it on the news as if like this was going to be a yeah, coup. The end. As if like, you know, this, oh man, like, you know, uh, Put, Putin, Putin doesn't have any power. You know, his, his, like all of his, his grasp of the country is falling apart. Uh, to me, it's just, you know, I want more money. No. Okay. I'm going to quit. You're halfway out the door. No, come back. Come back. I'll give you the money. Okay. I'll stay. But but then they sent him to like Belarus, and I think that the Wagner Group is being dismantled now, and like the people who want to can join the Russian army. Well, I don't know. So I don't know much about this. Everything I know, I've heard from other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd just be you know echoing the fragmented facts I have, or you know facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've said this before. I, I, there's no way for us to know if anything that they're saying, that yeah. anyone is saying about this war is true. Like we've just we're in the age of we expect disinformation, we expect lies and manipulations and propaganda. So like, is there any truth? I don't know. I know. I know that I like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you gone to Ginza yet? The buffet? Yeah. Yes, I have. Since it's Why opened? don't you tell us what? Since it's opened? Since it reopened? Since it's reopened. No. Oh, okay. Is it better? Um, what is Ginza? Stuff? Ginza. Japanese Randy doesn't buffet. know. He's looking at you no. like, oh, I don't know sorry. what it is. <laughs> um, it Japanese is, buffet. They sushi buffet. They have other stuff too, but like mostly sushi. They also have like pastries and everything and crab legs and it's really good. I mentioned because I went last night. So You went last night. And how was it? Really good. <laughs> oh man! So we're gonna, to, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do like a, we're gonna have to go to a big uh, do a Bitcoin Grove like you know oh. outing to Ginza. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Can we have a Bitcoin dinner yeah, <laughs> one yeah. day at Ginza? Yeah, for sure, Bitcoin dinner. And you could tell it's a legit sushi place because everyone that works there is Spanish. <laughs> That's hey, how it works. You yeah. know, Spanish people can make sushi as well. I like when I'm they do. saying legit. I've had like plantain in my sushi roll before, so you know. <laughs> you uh, say yeah, plantain? Yeah. Have you, have you seen those? They have it there. Yeah, That's yeah so of funny course. You mentioned yeah. that. <laughs> like, what? I've got to replace yeah, <laughs> the people who are, you know, of Spanish descent. Get on my mind. Only on Saturday night. Lit. So another another piece of news. This is this one goes out to Panda. There's actually two Brazil newses. So the first one is so Glenn Greenwald. I don't remember where he where I was watching this, but he claims that the CIA influenced the Brazilian election results. And so like one of the examples was that. President Biden and the military, at least this was what they said on the news. They said that, you know, that they would not tolerate any interference in the election. That was kind of one example. Um, 
and then so Greenwald, he he was one of these journalists who participated in the debunking of the Russian interference story that happened in the United States, where they were trying to claim that Trump was was a Russian agent and the and they hacked the elections and blah 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 blah. And so, but now he's kind of in, making the same insinuation about Brazil. He's sort of saying that the United States influenced the Brazilian election in the kind of the way that that people were claiming Russia had influenced the American election. And so my question for uh, <laughs> for for Panda and for anyone else who's interested in in Brazilian politics is this question: Why did the CIA let Bolsonaro or Trump become president in the first place? If these guys are such influential and they control everything and and blah blah blah, and it's not, you know, why would they have let these people become president in the first place? And I can only assume that it's because they wanted these people to be president. And then they didn't want them to be president anymore. And it just seems kind of as simple as that. Um, also, something else I wanted to mention about the same story is that Greenwald, he was also the person who documented that the USA Justice Department had an influence on the impeachment of Dilma Rousseff. So that was like, in, I don't remember what year it was. It was several years ago. So they had a president in Brazil. She was a female. And uh, she was not very popular. And they, they impeached her. But the impeachment was just kind of like they didn't like her, so they impeached her. It wasn't it wasn't really because she did anything that like broke the rules that would justify an impeachment. But procedurally, the only thing necessary for an impeachment to go through is for you to have enough votes. Like if you have enough votes, it doesn't matter if the president didn't do anything. So whatever. So Greenwald, he 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 documented a whole bunch of stuff about how like the United States was like super heavily influential in Brazilian politics. And so I have one last question here. So what was the USA deep state doing in between the impeachment of Dilma Rousseff and the election of Bolsonaro? So I guess what the question I'm trying to ask here is if people want to think that Bolsonaro won the last election and that it was it was faked and that you know like they cheated or something like that like I don't really know who cheated. Obviously the CIA, the Justice Department, like the US government they have heavily influenced Brazil. And if anyone's interested you can read all kinds of Glenn Greenwald documents that he's written, like when he used to be at the Intercept um, a few years ago. I, I I don't I don't think that the I don't believe that the U.S. elections and I don't believe that the Brazilian elections are legitimate. But I I don't think that they are illegitimate in the way that, let's say, Bolsonaro supporters or Trump supporters think that they're illegitimate. They think that the elections were stolen. I think that democracy was stolen a long time ago, and these. Elections are farces. They are just farces. The, the, the party systems that exist to like choose the candidates is a big joke, and it's completely manipulated and corrupt. And then the elections themselves, the, the media, the debates, all that stuff is all bullcrap, and it's probably also all bullcrap in Brazil too. So to capstone this discussion... There was news recently because Bolsonaro was being prosecuted in Brazil for election interference. He has been banned from politics in Brazil until 2030. <laughs> yeah, damn. So, you does know. He, does he at least get a severance check? I'm sure he, I mean, he was a he was in the, the Brazilian Congress for years, so I'm sure he's getting a pension already. And both of his kids are in public. I mean, this guy's a, 
this guy, he's a career politician. He went from the military right into politics. He's been sucking at the public teat for decades now. I don't understand why anyone would look at this person and see some sort of a small government, like conservative, but somehow he's tricked people into thinking that that's what he is, when really what he is is like a big government socialist uh, narcissist who just wants to like give the socialism to his friends as opposed to like the poor people. <laughs> is any politician not a career politician? Like if you oh, man, choose to be tough. a politician, then you you know you want to stay in power. You, so some, you want to make it a career. Some people don't stay in politics. Some people leave politics. Now, some of them, like I think of Paul Ryan, who went from being like a a very powerful congressperson to like being a producer at Fox News. He's still a politician as far as I'm concerned. Like you're just going from like the, the the public state to the private state. Right. Exactly. Any thoughts on democracy, elections, presidents, Randy? Not particularly. Yeah, Although I think uh You a patriot? The CIA is evil. You love your country? You think the CIA <laughs> is evil? Why would you say that? Uh, see, that's a joke, everyone at home. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 it's a joke. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in good and evil, but I don't agree with the oh, CIA. Yeah. I start to like ask myself, yeah, it, it, is it even or moral to have you know an institution like the CIA? Is as a you know what we? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'll let uh, Captain well, we, Brunch take. We have over. this issue. We're having this issue now with the Russia-Ukraine war, where. We are giving we are giving cluster bombs to Ukraine. And the United States is not a signatory to an anti-cluster bomb like treaty that was signed by like a hundred something nations. We, the United States refuses to participate in these kinds of treaties because apparently we just love to build these weapons that we will say that Russia is using them and Russia's evil for using them. But we will, in the same sentence, say that, but Ukraine has to use them because we've run out of ammo. I think it's kind of the same, same thing. Like, is it moral? I don't think it's moral, but, but if the ends justify the means... That's yeah, definitely not moral. It's just a matter of staying in power. Well, the, 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 <laughs> the, yeah, well, of course. But the, what they're saying is, oh, well, the Russian cluster bombs, they have, like... Uh, a 30 Higher to 40% dud rate. dud rate where the little bombs that are inside the bigger bomb will not explode immediately. And so like maybe they'll kind of just be sitting there like a mine waiting to explode like when some kid is playing in the playground. Whereas the U.S. cluster bombs only have a 2% dud rate. So it, it, that means only two out of 100 of these little bombs will not explode and will kill little children in the playground. So, you know... Is 2%, is that 15 times, like, is that 15 times more moral than 30%? To, to drop a 2% cluster bomb duds versus 30%? I don't know. I don't think so. Depends on your priors, like what, what you believe to actually be true, you know? Uh, what, what are they asserting and whether you believe them? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think if you're convinced, you're going to listen to any argument and be like, yeah, that makes sense. But if you're not convinced, and then you see the bullshit, like yeah. So to go back to what you were saying, Randy, no, I don't think the CIA is moral. I don't think these organizations are moral. But I don't think that 
countries or governments are moral. Like humans can try to be moral, but sometimes we go crazy, right? Sometimes we like smoke the what do they call them? The, the bath salts and <laughs> yeah, eat faces and eat someone's face, you know. And and in those circumstances, we have to maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, I was just thinking about the idea that, or like you know, things like the NSA, where they're supposed to be looking out for the people, but the people don't even what? know what they're doing, right? Are they supposed to be uh, looking out for the people? Is that what they're you know the that, National <laughs> Security Administration? I think they're supposed to be securing you know, the nation. Yeah, and that's who who's the nation? Are we not part of the nation? I did. I don't know. But I don't, wonder. Sometimes. But when you can't audit what they're doing, it's like they could be doing anything. Well, like they're, they're securing the corporation of the government, and we're just its workers. Well, we're not the no, workers. That's not how it's designed. Is it like the uppercase <laughs> or the lowercase? Uh, I think this it is. is. We're getting a sovereign sovereign citizen territory. Because yeah, the, you, the, like the Constitution is a corporate document. It is like the founding document of this corporation we call the United States of America. Although someone recently said that the states of America, the states of America, <laughs> like it wasn't like the United wasn't a part of the name. Like apparently it was lowercase. The disjoint states of America. Well, no, but so but, but the argument was that so that the name of the of the organization was the states of America, and it's just simply that in the document, I don't. But you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah well, it, is it true? Does it matter even? <laughs> but it might yeah. matter because okay. The, re- the reason why it might matter is in these esoteric situations, like in courts, in international courts, in maritime courts, you've got all these like rules that sort of change the expectations of how you're supposed to behave or what is legal and what's not legal. And so I don't know. In most circumstances, it doesn't matter. But in some circumstances, like something as otherwise insignificant as a lower or uppercase first letter could be the difference between something being a proper noun or a noun. Yeah, but I mean, uh, at this point, like, again, it's like, <laughs> kind of well, like, but, but, who, who cares? Because also it's it's like, um, if, you know, uh, I know this is going to sound like it's completely unrelated, but uh, <laughs> at the Bar County Bitcoiners meetup, we were talking about if Satoshi came back and Full circle. He, yeah, <laughs> he tried to make a hard fork, right? Uh, would we all believe him? It's like, uh, would we all go with him if it was something, you know, that would seem crazy? by today's standards, and we'd say no, right, like all of us. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, it, even though he's developed something that we've all built on top of in value, if he came out today and said, hey, actually didn't mean what you guys like interpreted it as and built on, like I, we wouldn't care. <laughs> you know, that's what we interpreted and that's what we build on, regardless of what like you, your original intent was, you could try and change it for our interpretation of it. Uh, yeah, but if you, you know, can't convince us, if you can't achieve consensus, right, then right, sorry. It, right, exactly. So whether it was like, you know, United States, I'm, I'm just saying like, it, it does, like, let's say they did want it to be disjoint. That if I interpreted it as being optimal as United States of America, then I don't really care what their original intention is. I'm saying I like how things are now. Yeah. And I think this is how we should keep it. Um, I'm just saying as, you know, that's an argument for anything, you know, that... The originator of an idea uh, that I interpreted as one thing shouldn't have too much sway uh, on my own like convictions that I've made on that idea that they've like introduced into my thought process. You know, yeah, it's something I've argued before. I say the Satoshi's intentions don't matter. We can appreciate his work. We can learn from it. We can pick the things that we think are useful. And that's about it. But other than that, it's just like hero worship. It's 
you know, it's just taking it in the wrong direction. And you get these freaks like this Bitcoin Satoshi Vision people who, I mean, you're nice people when you're not shilling your Bitcoin Satoshi Vision. Yeah. <laughs> but when you are, it's annoying as fuck. Yeah, Please I mean, stop. I, I think we just have to agree, you know, <laughs> that um, we we as part of like, you know, uh, the, I want to say real Bitcoiners. Of course, that's like, you know, <laughs> that, that sounds uh, disparaging to them. But we, as people who follow, you know, the Bitcoin core developments, yeah. uh, take different trade-offs than the people who believe in Bitcoin SV. And I think as long as we acknowledge those trade-offs and we still think our way is better and they think their way is better, we can, you know, move forward and let the market decide who wins. Yeah, but especially with Satoshi Vision, it's about narrative. I mean, that's why they call it Satoshi's Vision because they're they're trying to like steal this reputation of Satoshi, and they're trying to say that that, that this is you know most in line. And I've seen that argument. So uh, luckily, I haven't seen it in a while, like in several months. But just this argument that the, the, the founder's intent. Well, remember who like, they think Satoshi is, right? Like, <laughs> so Craig, <laughs> Craig Rom. Yeah, we can't even agree on who Satoshi is. So, you know, how are we supposed to? I think it's three people, but I don't know who they are. It's uh, Captain Brunch. No, Chimp. no, no. It was like there was a <laughs> right. There was like a government. There was a, a some sort of government senatorial meeting, like a. And just someone who was being asked by the Congress a question about Bitcoin or Satoshi, and that they basically had said that there was an investigation being done and that an agent who was performing the investigation asked for permission to speak to Satoshi. And then the, the person like, basically mentioned that Satoshi was three people. They didn't say who they were, but they just said, and you know, and then he, so he wanted to speak to these three people who were Satoshi. And it was like, it was so, I wish I could find this clip and probably I can, cause I think I, I heard it on no agenda. It was on no agenda. Um, it was so past, like she wasn't ma- emphasizing it. She wasn't making a big deal about it. She was just saying so matter of factly. And I don't know. I was just heavily influenced. I'm by not that convinced. <laughs> no, I know you're not convinced, but I, I just got the feeling that it was probably some sort of classified information that she probably forgot was classified, so she just in passing mentioned that it, Satoshi was three people. Funny enough, uh, this could be completely unrelated. That's why, like, I don't give too many details about this. But uh, there's something in the code, like the original, you know, code for Bitcoin, that's kind of distinctive. Uh, and I like was trying to search up code that followed a certain pattern, uh-huh. and I did. I found a very like small blog post. Uh, Written by someone who seems like they could fit the profile. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> a small blog post? Like there was only one post? No, he had a whole blog, but that one about that, it was explaining this thing, this construct that appears in the Bitcoin original code base. Yeah. And these things could be completely unrelated. Maybe Satoshi read this blog post too and copied him. But there's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, but it seems more likely <laughs> just in to case, you. Just in case he is related, I don't like saying anything about it. Don't have too many details, but um, I just think <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Talk about that off off the air. Yeah, it could be a completely unrelated. Like I said, maybe Satoshi read this guy's tiny blog, but it's a very interesting. They have a nice overlap and like their set of skills and the yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not to derail what you're saying, but Panda says, "quote 
BSVers are the Scientology of crypto. That's perfect. End quote. I think, <laughs> I think the Scientology of crypto is a good title. Um, Can I get that on a shirt? Title. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Scientology we get it on like a hat or a shirt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, time to... Thanks for coming, Randy. Yeah, Happy to have you here. We were Saturday Night Lit for Saturday, July 15th. I am Captain Brunch crawling back into the swamp. I'm scratching my tail. This is Peace.